Hello and welcome back to The Hit Show. My name is Danny Russell. I am the managing editor of DRaysBay.com and we are back discussing our bracketology, our most beloved Rays players, the greatest of all time. And we're getting after it with Darby Robinson. Hello, Darby. Hello, Danny. Brett Phillips. Hey, what's going on? And surprise guest, Jim Turvey. Hi, Jim. Hello, hello. Thank you. I am so pumped to have you here, Jim, as our external party, as our reviewer of these results. Uh, we narrowed it down to a final four. So on Twitter, we've been putting it out there for the four different brackets that were locked in time. And then those brackets have started facing off. And I'm really interested in your thoughts on how this has gone. And those will hopefully just come out as we go along. But I'm going to kick it over to Brett because uh, we have some really good results to get after. Yeah, so uh, we had just two matchups uh, last uh, last round in the final four. We had Carl Crawford facing off against Evan Longoria, and we had Kevin Kiermaier facing off against G-Man Choi. And G-Man Choi was the only player in the in the final uh, final four who did not have a number one seed. He in fact was the four seed, beating Dan Johnson in an earlier round. Uh, but we'll get to him in a second. The very first matchup that we had today was Carl Crawford up against Evan Longoria. And in this matchup, Evan Longoria took this one with a monstrous 81.5% of the vote. It was an absolute runaway victory for Longo, uh, beating out the probably former face of the franchise for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, Carl Crawford. What do y'all think about this result? This is the right result. This was the expected result. We might as well have called this the Evan Longoria greatest race player of all time bracket. And we all knew that going <laughs> in. We talked about it in week one, that he was the prohibitive favorite. And there was really no one that could stand in the way of Evan Longoria. And so I really feel like he, by winning this round, is waltzing on to the championship. And that shouldn't be a surprise because this is still fun to think about, to talk about. Uh, Evan Longoria, you said 82%? 81.5% of the vote, yeah. Yeah, Rounds monstrous. When you, if you were to poll Rays fans generally, generically, and say, Evan Longoria, Carl Crawford, who do you prefer? I would expect mixed results. I don't know if I would expect 82%. But if you say who's the most beloved and you force people to pick one, who, who represents the greatest Ray? It's interesting that that shifts more toward 80%. I do wonder if there's a little bit less of a win for Longo if you ask for personal favorites versus objective favorites. Is that interesting? Is that fair? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think um, it, it's, it's really tricky in this bracket, right? I think we sort of had an outcome that we sort of all expected to have happen. And the whole way around, there's been small things that have been different than we expected, but Longo basically being the locked in, number one, everybody's favorite of the heart, of the field. You know, we, we talked about Ben Zobris maybe having an equal case in terms of historical chances, but That's again, because it comes I back didn't to want Brett to quit the podcast. <laughs> I was gonna, I was close. I'll but yeah, like, any day. you know, Carl Crawford has memorabilia in the Hall of Fame from his sixth stolen base game. He is the person I think that is most identifiable with the Rays for a certain chunk of time. But I think that had has been surpassed by Longo. So I, I, I expected it to be a little bit closer. Actually, I thought there would be some some more retro love. But I do think 
the bracket did show, showcase a lot of more recent fandom. And I think 2008 on, there's been a lot more race fans. And before 2008, there might not actually have been that many race fans. So maybe that retro love that we thought might have been there for some of those older players was uh, mm-hmm. it was a lot of noise and not a lot of signal. Jim, what do you <laughs> well, think of this result? I, I'm interested in, uh, so Longo just like bulldozing his way into the final round and also Longo and Crawford as number one seeds winning their brackets. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a surprise that these two met, and I'm I'm not too surprised that that the result uh, came out as it is. And maybe a little bit like a I would have said maybe 75 percent, but I'm I'm not shocked to be honest. I mean, you look at some of the guys that Longo beat previously. I mean, he demolished Zobrist. He took out Price with over 90 percent. Like you said, you could basically name the bracket after him. But uh, no, I'm I'm not too shocked, and I do think you're onto something with. Uh, I mean, this is like the, the political buzzword these days is ranked ballot voting, right? I wonder if we had ranked ballot voting throughout this whole bracket, if, if Crawford maybe was, was a little unlucky to end up on this side of the bracket with Longoria, or if that's potentially uh, the, the duo we could have found in the finals. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, based on maybe this upcoming final uh, vote, to see if, if anyone can give Longo a, a run for his money. Wow. So you're saying ranked ballot voting the final four. Yeah, well, just just I'd just be curious if they would have a different impact on on the results. I'm not sure if we can really get that. Uh, I don't know what our what our powers to be could, could could pull the strings, but it would be curious to see if if that was the case, uh, how it would turn out. I'll try to contact Twitter and see if they can implement a ranked ballot voting poll function <laughs> for for our little raise blog. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm sitting That's here going, us. okay, Longo Crawford. KK Choi, greatest raise of all time, most beloved raise of all time. Mm-hmm. Where do I power rank? I think I go in that order Longo, Crawford, KK, Choi, fourth. That's not what the final is going to be. It's not, it can't be Longo mm-hmm. Crawford because they met in the semifinal. So, and we'll get to the final in just a second, but that's, that's compelling. I don't know. Does anyone have a different order there? I would maybe swap Choi and KK. I know it's a, maybe a little bit of recency bias. I mean, certainly Choi has not performed like to the level that KK has, but I think his massive, like basic, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but just the love for G-Man Choi just seems so like grassroots organized it came out of like this weird sort of love for this kind of awkward player who did have a pretty a couple of pretty impressive moments in the 2019 season. And it is very recent, but it is very strong. Uh, so I don't know. I think I might even, if we're talking about strictly beloved Rays, I might put Choi over KK, but not because Choi is a better baseball player than KK, just because everyone seems to love the I mean, guy. But if, it's not recent strong performance. I know he had this really fun switch hitting performance and it's really riled us all up with our love for G-Man mm-hmm. Choi, but he has literally performed the worst by Fangraph's power rankings of any race player this season. If you were to take just the raise and sort it on wins above replacement, which means nothing with 30 plate appearances, get me wrong. Mm. It means absolutely nothing, but that is a, counting cumulative thing and you can look at leaderboards and go huh that's weird Jalen Beeks is like top five pitchers in baseball right now that's fun like there's odd things that happen and G-Man Choi is literally the worst raise hitter 
negative sure. war. Like he has been quote unquote bad this season. Also, so has Christi, uh, Christian Yelich, right? So this <laughs> anything can yeah, happen in a small sample no, size. But I, how no the doubt that he hasn't the playoffs, right? Right, the playoffs, and even before when he hit that come-from-behind two-out home run against the Twins, uh, that launch preview of the Tampa Bay Rays beat just was, was gushing over on Twitter. I mean, again, you know, obviously Troy hasn't been performing to the level that we would hope he would, but we didn't put Dan Johnson at the number one position because he was an outstanding baseball player. We put him at the number one position in the Folk Heroes bracket because he has a 1,000 home runs that every single one of them Seeing he doesn't have a thousand home runs by no stretch. Yeah, what did we but he say? has five home runs. That, like was great. Great. that was hyperbole there. But he has five home runs seemingly, and every single one of them has some sort of like narrative or story behind them that makes him interesting to root yes. for. So that's why, again, I would put Shoy over KK in that sense. Not because he's a better baseball player, he's certainly not, but because he has that sort of love, uh, that, that, that uh, grassroots sort of fan love. And uh, he's been continuing that a little bit this year with his weird switch hitting performance. I got a question for you guys. I'd be curious if we took this to a different format, be it uh, like off of social media, if you just, if we were like walking around Tampa Bay in non-COVID days, just asking people, uh, Longo or CC, Choi or Kevin Kiermeyer, I, I don't know, you guys know the history a little better than I do. I would guess that Longo, CC maybe is a little closer, and I would guess that uh, Kiermeyer might run away with, with over Choi. I don't, what do you guys think? Do you think there'd be any differences? Uh, that's a good question. I think when it comes to Longo and CeCe, honestly, I think Longo, you know, maybe doesn't take 82% of the vote, but he's by far was the most recognizable name in Tampa Bay sports for mm-hmm. yeah. basically a decade. I mean, maybe right. not an entire decade, but for a long, long time. So I definitely, he still owns duckies uh, around Tampa. He's still like a relatively, you know, He's a presence in the Tampa Bay community business-wise. I think Longo maybe even goes a little bit higher than Carl Crawford uh, for, for people who maybe aren't even that familiar with baseball. But if we're just walking around the Tampa Bay area when it comes to just sports knowledge, I feel like they know him a lot more. When it comes to Choi and KK, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I would like to think that Kevin Kiermeyer has a bit more of a presence in the Tampa Bay community. Um, but I don't know. It is hard to say. To me, Choi seems the one who gets the biggest bump from it being on Twitter. I feel like he's kind mm-hmm. of like a Twitter avatar mm-hmm. In, in, mm-hmm. in person, you know? Like, he's, like he seems like he is the best fit to this, this platform we're hosting on. I do think that is correct. I think twi- like there's the Twitter is in real life type of thing that we talk about in politics <laughs> as well as in sports. Is like Chaz Rowe is the best pitcher on earth on Twitter. Thanks uh, Pitching Ninja. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. No, he is Chaz Rowe is the best pitcher on, on the race. race. Right I do think Chaz Rowe is a very good pitcher. Open fan graphs. Chaz Rowe is number one. Chaz Rowe is what Adam Anovino hopes to be one day. But, but, <laughs> Chaz Rowe would strike out Babe Ruth twice. Um, no, I, but that's the thing though, is I think like that sort of level, right, you know, what what really pops on Twitter is maybe the smallest like kind of thing. You'll see the home run from Choi right-handed, and you will see the big gold glove catch uh, from Kiermaier, and then you will not see everything else. So I think while Choi gets a huge boost from that, I also kind of feel like KK does as well, because you don't see miscatches, terrible routes, 
<laughs> like, like just like strikeout after strikeout after strikeout after like non-competitive hit. So I think there is a, a sense that if you were just looking at highlight, highlight, I think KK still gets it. But I do think that Choi, that that's that big like. He's very fun to like have like a like a fun Twitter you know exchange with meme. He's very memeable. He's he's very gifable, um, and I think that does kind of boost it. Whereas the the average fan might be like, yeah, he's fun, but he's not like the immediately. If you were like I, you know list your five top five rays, you may not. Get I I can't five. let you crap on KK like that because. Kevin Kiermaier <laughs> might be having a hard time at the plate and he's hitting eighth and that's fine because Kevin Kiermaier's he is fine job at he is fine at eighth. Kevin yeah. Kiermaier's job is defense. And every single season since he debuted in the major leagues during the playoffs in 2013, that he has played a full season and not been injured, he has won a gold glove for his position. And that is because he is bar none the best defensive center fielder on a 162 basis in all of baseball. I don't agree with that. I'll agree with that. I don't agree with that against that. So saying he took a bad route here and they're like, they're all human batting 300 gets you in the hall of fame. That's three out of 10. That's true. Now what I'm saying is this is all fan opinion, right? So I think that's, that's where it is interesting that I feel like the fan opinion of KK has really like lasted in this modern bracket. Whereas I also feel like KK also offers some of the most fan, like, like backlash. And maybe it's like a high expectation versus, you know, right. what, he, what you want them to the be. Great, so. I will give the you Desmond Jennings effect. Massive great expectations. Yeah. The video yeah. game version of Kevin Kiermeyer is a leadoff hitter and it's just d- demolishing opposite handed pitching, is just the, the face of the franchise. Like, that's what you think of when you sign Kevin Kiermeyer to a five year deal or whatever, is you think he's going to arise as the best player on the team. And now he's just the best defender at his position. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And actually, I would, I would even roll back another one of your comments. I don't think he gets enough credit. I don't think he gets enough web gems. I don't think you see him on the top 10 enough. When the Red Sox came in town earlier this season, Jackie Bradley Jr. does that diving grab on the turf where he's all splayed out. It's snow cones mm-hmm. in the end of his glove, but it's dramatic. And I'm watching that, and I'm thinking, we're trading off JBJ and KK. And going back and forth, I'm like, it's the difference between watching a very good shortstop and Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter made it look yeah. really difficult to catch that ball and, or make that throw. Kevin Kiermeyer sure. does not have to put out the same level of effort because he's already there and it's a basket catch or it's an easy grab. And he doesn't need to dive in the same way that JBJ does on a lot of plays. Now, does he and dive on the exact same play? Not sure. What, Jim? I love how aggressively you trolled both just Red Sox and Yankee fans with those two analogies. That was brilliant. <laughs> I, look, I got to run my credentials as the head of a race site. All right. That, that, that is a very, uh, that is the like boss man junior effect there, right? Yeah. The gliding to a position and catching it without diving versus Brett Gardner running and like full High sprinting effort. speed where it's because he like went in, unfortunately, and then had to go out and then like, took that bat like you know a, a worse center fielder takes a bad route and then has to maybe make a diving catch whereas a good center fielder or a great center fielder like kk like a platinum glove is already there and so there's a lot of diving catches he could have made i totally get that i totally get that and i think that is a part of it and i do think that now that i think maybe this year has also helped kk's cases and that's why you know it's propelled him so far in this bracket is that i think maybe the expectations for the hitting has now finally been like all right fine he's a he's the eighth hole hitter We'll, we'll yeah. get the occasional home run. We'll get the occasional double. 
that can maybe stretch to a triple, but like now we're, we're stuck. We kind of given up on the, like, will he be that two hole hitter that like can also be hit 300 and be like a seven, eight war guy. No, he'll yeah, be in he that be four that. to five war on defense, you know, entirely. And you hope he runs yeah. into some stuff. And at eight one hole, of the most valuable totally players, fine. one of the most valuable players on the team, but not necessarily for a sit in. Right. Yeah. It is remarkable also commenting that just a good defender, because honestly, that is KK bottled up. When you think of Kevin Kiermaier, good defender. That's, <laughs> that's the full story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is remarkable that he was a one seed for this bracket, survived as the one seed the entire bracket, and made it into the final four. Yeah. I think it's incredibly impressive that uh, I, I, it's more than good looks, right? Kevin Kiermaier is good. He gets a lot of crap from mm-hmm. race fans on Twitter. This poll was conducted on Twitter. A lot of people who listen to this are on Twitter. Don't get me wrong. Uh, this is the audience. This is the chorus we're preaching to, right? Kevin Kiermeyer is good. And there's no yeah. level of crapping on him that is that much deserved other than, you know, struggling at the plate. But whatever, a lot of players are struggling at the plate this season. It's been a weird year. Yeah. And I've said basically every single round, too, I was saying, like, I think this might be the time where Kevin Kiermaier gets, like, the lowest percentage or whatever. Like, I I called him in the first episode the softest number one seed we had. And dude has been absolutely – there is a strong KK contingent on Twitter for some reason. I mean, he had to beat Willie – he had to go through Willie Adamas and Blake Snell, and he did both handily. Like, people even on twitter i mean we talked about the difference between you know people on twitter and people out in the real world or whatever but there is a strong presence of people on twitter who really appreciate kevin kiermeyer jim would you like to compliment kevin kiermeyer right now uh yeah sure it's <laughs> <laughs> a safe space for you jim no I, I i i do think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying overall i, I think especially the the irrational like perpetual want for him to just hit 30 batting average points and 60 slugging points higher. And I, I think you kind of just got to at some point be like, this is what he is. And it's a very good player. It is a, a borderline all-star and a defensive star that we, we really should appreciate more. I, I think there's probably a life lesson tucked in there, in there somewhere. So yes, I, I love you, KK. There is a season coming. <laughs> when Kevin Kiermeyer is going to come out of the gates super hot, he is going to bat like 283 or something like that in a 162-game season, and he's going to make the all-star game just because he has a higher batting average, and it'll be like, finally, he gets his appearance, right? Uh, this is not that year. Brett, uh, we've talked so much about KK. Let's get to that result. Yeah, so uh, moving on. So, again, we had Longo beating uh, Carl Crawford with 81% of the vote. Um, we have Kevin Kiermaier facing off against G-Man Choi in the second and final uh, matchup in this round. Um, so, again, we've, we've, we've talked so much about Kevin Kiermaier, but uh, I am unfortunately sad to say that Kevin Kiermaier did not win this uh, section of the bracket. He was upset by G-Man Choi. The number four seed, G-Man Choi, with a mere 54% of the vote. Very, 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 very close. Close, wow. close, close. Wow. I know. We talk so much <laughs> about the guy. It's like, well, he must have gotten the – he must have won, but he did not. Jim, why is G-Man Choi beating KK in the semifinal? Well, so this is actually I'm, – I'm really glad because I've been able to listen to all these uh, – 
podcasts you guys have been doing. I've enjoyed them so much, but I have to laugh. Every time you bring up the bracket, Danny, you like say four different names of it. You're like, beloved, face of the race, top rank. And I, that, <laughs> yeah. that distinction of like, of like, is it beloved? If it is beloved, I do think Choi gets the win. Cause I think, Kiermaier is more of a face of the Rays. Kiermaier is more of a stalwart of the Rays. If you're asking me who is more beloved, Kevin Kiermaier, G-Man Choi, it's G-Man Choi. Fascinating. (laughs) On most major league teams, G-Man Choi is a scrub. He is a a quad A player. And for the Rays, he might have been that as well had he not broken out. The Rays obviously believed in him for a very long time. G-Man Choi toiled on several franchises. Uh, Seattle, the Angels, the Yankees, the Brewers. Like, we're not talking about all joke franchises, right? These are good teams that should have gotten something out of him. He comes to the Rays. It finally comes together for half a season. But isn't that something that makes it – even more special that he like toiled around and then he he had his hit with the Rays. Doesn't that make you enjoy appreciate him even more? For the second greatest Ray of all time, <laughs> it's not. It's the se- it's the most beloved Ray of all time, and this is, is where most beloved. it does because <laughs> because you have a second half of a season where he's worth a full win above replacement out of nowhere, and then last year he's worth two wins above replacement. Is one of the is this is the long side of a platoon of the six best first baseman in all of baseball and has been worth more on just the analytics than Kevin Kiermeyer due to <laughs> Kiermeyer getting hurt in the last two years. So if you want to look at, we talked about bring up the Fangraphs uh, leaderboard for Chaz Rowe. Well, guess what? You know where Kevin Kiermeyer is looking up at G man Choi in 2019 worth a half a win more G man Choi worth two wins above replacement on Fangraphs. Kevin Kiermeyer, solid 1.5, which is exactly his match from 2018. So Kevin Kiermeyer sort of stalling and being what we expect, and then G-Man being what we don't expect. Finding gold where you don't expect it, there is, I think, a big difference, and that's that beloved part, is Kevin Kiermeyer being a one-and-a-half to two-win outfielder that's really great at defense, but the offense is never going to get there, and he get, he's going to get hurt. You're gonna, he's going to miss about 40 games a year. Versus G-Man being like, who is this guy? We trade him for Brad Miller, but like nobody cares. Everybody didn't like Brad Miller. So it's like, here's this guy coming in and like, whoa, he's he hit a bunch of home runs. What? Out of nowhere. And then last season, he's, oh, he's really good. That's that unexpected, like, good. Like that two wins from G-Man Choi are like finding a $20 bill in your pants pocket that's been in the, your like closet for a while. I mean, that, Versus, that implies you had that $20 all along. That $20 is Brad Miller. <laughs> yeah. Which, and that's where it comes into, right? You, you end up like, maybe, okay, that's buying the pair of pants at, uh, at a uh, thrift at, shop for $2. And there's you're a $20 telling me bill. you went to Kohl's and you found 20 bucks? I'm in. Great story. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, and that's great. And that's great. Yikes. And that's where the beloved comes in. That's where the beloved comes in, right? You have a guy who gives you more than you expect versus a guy that gives you what you're starting to expect once your expect- expectations are there. And I, and I do agree with Jim. I think if the... Oh, that's how I felt when I invited Jim to question. D-Ray's Bay. So... <laughs> Low expectations? And greatly <laughs> exceeded them. Jeez. That's a joke. 
You're good. <laughs> no, you, you, you were, were at your you were great when I uh, when we uh, got connected when you were writing for the Minnesota newspaper. Was he Minnesota? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good memory. No. Well, so Brett, Brett not what do you think? Is this yeah. is this because is it a beloved face of the franchise? Yeah. Is this my Ray? fault? Is it because I can't define what this bracket is? Tell me, Brett. <laughs> I think a big part of it is that we have been talking. What well, Jim is right. I mean, I we said in like the first few episodes, we're like, is this the most beloved? Is this the face of the franchise? Like, what the heck are we even talking about here? And I think if you get a bunch of people on Twitter who see G Man, a bunch of Rays fans on Twitter who see G Man Choi in a poll about like. X versus Y. I think they're going to vote for G-Man Choi most of the time, unless it's like a poll about who has the who's like the fastest race player that we have, <laughs> or like who has the most cat-like reflexes or something. Although G-Man well, hold Choi on, hold on. G-Man Choi has yeah. really strong reflexes and flexibility. Yeah, yeah. He very much does. Slow your roll. Okay, so there's that too. Um, but yeah, I think that's no. But G-Man Choi. Speaking of slowing your roll, we are recording this during Game One of the two-game doubleheader, seven-inning doubleheader against the Yankees. And uh, G-Man Choi literally like walked to second base on a double, and I was just like, "Buddy, <laughs> I don't know what happened this season. I know it's COVID, and we don't want everyone to blow out their hamstrings, but like, no one's running through first base except Joey Wendell." I mean, I think that's probably a I'm good okay. idea. I'm okay with that. 60 okay game with season, that. I would say, <laughs> no, no, I'm like, I'm what, Jimen Choi had the exact <laughs> amount of hustle you need in a game when you're f- down 5-0 against Garrett Cole. That is the level of just walk, walk to second base, maybe even have a beer in your hand. Why not? Just enjoy it. I'm it's not, a, it's I'm a not asking Jimen Choi to stretch that into a triple. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> if that happens, that's well, he's number one with a bullet on this bracket. If that Jimen <laughs> Choi stretches that into a triple, then I vote for him every single step of the way. <laughs> If G-Man Choi was sure. hitting triples, he'd be Babe Ruth. All right. <laughs> Brett, All right. prop bet time. Prop bet time. So we had last week, we had the prop bets. We were just trying to, we weren't getting cute with it. We were just trying to pick who we thought would win in each uh, um, bracket, each matchup, and what the percentage of each of them would be. So going back to the CC versus Longo bracket, all of us correctly predicted that Evan Longoria would win. It was barely a prediction at that point. It was just, you know, saying what was going to happen uh, with absolute 100% certainty. And we were all pretty close to the total percentage. If you remember the total percent, the, the correct percentage was 81.5. And the person who came the closest was Danny. Hey. Danny, you got it right. You came, <laughs> you came the closest. We're not doing prices right rules. You were over by 0.5%. You picked 82%. 81.5 rounds up to 82 anyway. So as far as I'm concerned, you were right on the money with that one. Oh. Congrats on being right on the money with that one. Ain't no sense in prices right. Ain't no sense in prices right. Because <laughs> I, I bring that up, I want to you know congratulate you for that. Because uh, for the next round, the Choi versus KK bracket, Danny, you were the only one to pick Kevin Kiermeyer to win the bracket, uh, which sort of maybe explains in part your insistence that oh, <laughs> you can't see this, but he's covering his head with a with a blanket and shame. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Kevin Kiermaier did not win, of course. G-Man Choi won. That's what we've been talking about the whole time. But it was very close. Uh, and the person who actually picked the lowest percentage, uh, who was the closest to it with 61%, was uh, Darby. Darby got that one right, came the closest, was still over by 10%, but I was over by um, over 20%. So there you go. Uh, and Danny, <laughs> you were just wrong to begin with. So... <laughs> Can't so if we're, if we're keeping track of, if we're keeping track of the score, which no one I think in the world but me is, we've got Darby. <laughs> you've got seven points so far, 
uh, Danny, you have six points, and I also have six points. So with uh, just one more matchup left, Darby's in the lead by one. Wow. All right, so what's the final prop bet here? What's the final prediction that we need to make? Final prediction we need to make is just simply who do you think is going to win and what's the percentage going to be? All right, we all think Longo's going to win. Longo's going to win. So the the goal here is to pick a percentage. So uh, Mm. Jim, as our guest, I'm going to throw it to you first. And then uh, Brett, I want your prediction, then Darby, and then I'll go last. Okay. yeah, I, I, Longo, I think, is, is the choice. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be a blood. I kind of have this theory about brackets where a lot of times, like even in, in real life, in like uh, March Madness, you'll see like there's like a Cinderella run and you're so excited and it gets to the final. It's like a 75-point blowout. And you're like, oh, maybe this yeah. is kind of a bummer, actually. Like, like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's, that's why there's Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, kind of, I, hope, I hope I'm wrong. I'd love for Troy to make it close. But I'm going to say Longoria and I'm going to say 87%. Wow, that's so insanely high. Okay. Yeah, no, that's Brett. great. That's a that's a great pick, Brett. I want your prediction. Same deal, sort of Longo. Uh, I'm going to pick Longo. I, however, do believe in Cinderella and uh, the power of uh, underseating uh, players in um, the the championship. So I'm going to say it's actually going to be a little bit closer than 87, and by a little, I mean a lot closer. I'm going to say that Longo is going to win. But because we're on Twitter and because everyone on race Twitter seems to love G-Man Choi, I think he's only going to win with 58% of votes. Wow. Pretty low. That, pretty low. That is but ast- I'm just astronomically low. Darby. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think this is – I think Jim's right. I think this is that Cinderella dog, and suddenly that six-foot-seven center is going to get blown out by the first <laughs> overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> from from the UNC that you're like oh yeah this is a different this is a different class uh, I think Longoria is going to win I, I think there'll be enough votes to, to go kind of counter but I'll say 85 percent 85 and Longo you're all wrong Longo is going to take this in the nines people wow wow, wow. that's awesome this so is 90. Longo's bracket it always has been it always will be and uh, none of us will rest until Longoria gets traded back to the race. It's that simple. <laughs> Wait, it was long. It was longer the whole time. Always has been. <laughs> that meme. I, it's an audio meme. <laughs> <laughs> yes, memes in audio format are where it's at. Well, uh, Jim, uh, any thoughts for us here? Did, was the bracket good? Did we do it the right way? Did we seed it? Like, is it? What are your overall take on this journey we've been on? I love it. I'm, I'm never going to argue with a bracket. Uh, I could, I'd, I'd love it if we have a running bracket at all times. So I think, I think we did, uh, you guys did a great job seeding it. Um, I think the, the final four, I know you don't love Choi being there, uh, especially in the final, but I, I feel like the bracket's always going to be of the moment a little bit. Uh, it's kind of the inherent flaw or the inherent goodness of a bracket is it's, it's hard to remove yourself from the moment when you're doing these. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very content with, with how it turned out, and I am excited to see. I'm going to hire a, a million Choi bots to make this thing close, and uh, <laughs> it'll, be, uh, it'll be a fun final. Awesome. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Hit Show. Uh, next time we're on, we will discuss the final. Thanks for listening. Brilliant.